Today's episode of the SM Show is brought to you by Azoth. Azoth is Boston-based women-owned supplement company that makes premium quality supplements for women with the mission to help people reach their highest potential without the harmful side effects of over-the-counter medications. Their newest supplement, Boss Flow, is a PMS gummy that helps every woman be a boss no matter what day of the month it is. These little gummies are packed full with a delicious blast of strawberry flavor and powerful vitamins and nutrients to help soothe menstrual cramps, stop bloating, and balance out hormonal mood swings and acne symptoms that are often caused by periods. Trust us, we've heard these really work. I mean, obviously not me personally, but uh, a lot of our women listeners. Boss Flow is exclusively offering our listeners 10% off your next purchase by going to Amazon.com, searching for Boss Flow Gummies, and using the code BOSSFLOW, that's B-O-S-S-F-L-O-W, to get 10% off your purchase at checkout. You need to have an Amazon or Amazon Prime account to get these delicious gummies. Order Boss Flow, supplements for boss women on the go. In a world of uncertainty and despair, you've been canceled. Two heroes have reunited when they're needed the most. Doing it for the money. Live from the Pals for Life studios, it's the SM Show. Here are your hosts, Shane Ryan and Mike Bowers. And a happy almost 4th of July to all our friends and family. This is the SM Show. I'm Mike. As always, I'm joined by Shane Ryan. How are you today, good sir? What up, what up? It's almost clo- almost time for my favorite holiday, so I'm I'm feeling good. It's not a fake Friday, but you know, close enough. Exactly. It's uh we have Fridays off during the summer, so it is the start of the weekend. Um, and because the fourth co- happens on a Sunday this year, we get Monday off. So four day weekend. Woo! America! Solid, solid. Yeah, we got uh, at work. We got the option to do like a half day type thing on Fridays, where you can like work an extra hour uh, in the morning, hour in the afternoon to like make up for that time off. But yeah, yeah, working at the same place with your wife, having a little kid, mm. not gonna fly well if I'm starting on the clock early, leaving later, and then I get to enjoy Fridays off. So I decided to adopt the, uh, we'll say the uh, the regular schedule in solidarity. Being a good team player, I like it. <laughs> so uh, I tell you, it's been a heck of a week out here in Washington. We had some record high temperatures earlier this week. I saw some of your posts. You were hitting the 90s, high 90s, right? No, uh, we hit on the, the uh, thermometer on the deck. The highest we got was 114 degrees. Ooh. The official high, I think, was like 106. Uh, wow. But yeah, two days of back-to-back all-time high temperatures so that was nice uh particularly was it humid too or was it just like just straight hot or a little bit of both <laughs> medium-ish i mean compared to compared to the southeast it's nothing but right. uh, compared to other places it's definitely like compared to the eastern side of washington it's a lot more humid here uh and yeah i mean it was so bad like parts of the interstate were crumbling or were buckling because it was so hot right in portland the uh they have those little street cars they had to stop that because the metal cables were melting Ooh, um, just like, roasting yeah it's that bad but what was even what was even more uh crazy to me what was even crazier was that wednesday came around or i guess tuesday came around and it was back in like the high 70s as if nothing so had happened complete, yeah complete 
chaos. Yeah, like if it was a gradual decline, that's one thing. But when it goes 104, 106, 79, like... It was like the opposite of Texas this winter when it all of a sudden got exactly. snow and they just didn't know how to handle it. Right. It's absurd. <laughs> and, of course, like only I think 30% of homes out here have air conditioning. So uh, we stuck in a room with our one portable unit to get it somewhat comfortable. Right. But, yeah, it was rough. Those things aren't great. I mean, we had to deal with one when we were living in Florida and our AC went out in our whole house. And it was like end of summer, big ass heat wave. So we were double we were double hit that like the all the HVAC companies were like overbooked for people having the same problems. And then like when we went to go run to like Lowe's to go buy something, there was like only like a two hundred dollar unit available. Yeah. None of the cheap ones were. So we had to go. We had no choice because we were going to be in trouble for like three days until they could fix it. It was on a weekend and my dog was at home. So we, we bit the bullet. But I was able to sell it when I moved to, to D.C. and I got a pretty penny for it. So it uh, so it all worked out. I think I only took a slight hit. So there you go. There you go. There's some wins. Yeah. Take them where you get them. But I got to so, congratulate you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You actually ordered a pizza that wasn't jacked up. Oh, my God. Yes. Let's. I mean, that's uh, a big deal, man. Yeah. Let's let's get some uh, let's get some applause for that. I mean, you yeah. had quite a run going. I mean, you were on a heater and all the wrong reasons. I know. It was rough. Like, between the one driver handing me my pizza like a library book and the other one that got jacked up in the car. And then left at a random building. Yeah. I was having I was having a good week this week, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it again. Let's let's chance it. Let's see what happens. Right. And as, as was documented on social media, it arrived in one piece. And it's so blob. much easier to eat when it's actually not a giant blob. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Right, right. Yeah, well, I'm happy for you, man. I know it's been a journey and a struggle, and you know you deserve all the good things in life, like pizza that's not looks like Pizza the Hut. Yes, thank you. I deserve happiness, and happiness is in the form of a pizza that's in one piece. <laughs> uh, we've got a we've had a fascinating week. Uh, between uh, things we'll talk about a little bit later with the Tour de France. Stay tuned for the end of the show for that. Yeah, it's just... It's been a week. and I got to I got to live the uh, the single life for a little bit for like two days impromptu last week. How was that? That was, uh, that was pretty awesome. It was yeah. like a turn back the clock moment. Like I love my, my, my daughter. I love my wife and my family and our squad and our routine and stuff. But to have like two days where I could do whatever I wanted to do, I think after our radio show... Um, had a good week at work, so I celebrated a little bit harder after that. Then I right. woke up in the morning, went and played like 36 holes of disc golf. Then after that, uh, went to a friend's house, um, just hang out and you know drink beers and celebrate at a, at a bar safely. And right. then after that, played uh, the next day. Steph was like, "Hey, we're not coming home till like midday." So my buddy texted me and goes, "Hey, do you want to go play golf?" So I went and played a full round of. A golf after that. I have I, the, the amount of oh, times man. I've played two rounds of golf in a summer. Like I'm already here in, in not even July, and I hit two rounds already. That's like amazing. Like when you have when you have kids, it's almost impossible. Like I, I don't know how people do it that are allow them to go like play for four to six hours. Uh, and I mean, I love it. It's just I just can't commit that time or not feel guilty about taking that time to do it. Um, maybe not the best idea with a possible tear on my shoulder, but I was gonna it was say, fun. yeah. I mean, you, you do what you have to though. 
I made it about 17 holes, and then I had to tap out. I hooked one real bad, and my shoulder just felt, like, brutal, and it just went. Like, it just, like, oh, that didn't feel right. Right. And then everyone looks at me, and everyone's like, oh, of course you're now blaming your shoulder because I hooked <laughs> it so bad. Right. And then the next one I went to go hit it out of that rough, and, like, the club caught a little bit on the grass, oh, and it just oh, and it oh, went no. all the way up my arm, and I literally, I just dropped it. I just dropped the club, like, without, the minute it hit it. Yeah, and then the ball just shot off into the other tee box. So thankfully nobody was there, but it was oh. just like a worm burner, knee high, like right at the tee box. Oh, and geez. I'm like, all right, boys, I'm walking the rest of the way. Like we're good. Yeah, I mean that is that is the beauty of having that bum shoulder is that you have something right. to fall back on. But when it actually gets aggravated, then obviously. I was feeling good. I was actually playing okay. Like, my drives were going straight, which doesn't happen, probably because I was trying not to kill it because, like, you know, my, I felt like my shoulder was going to fall off. And then it just – I was playing with father time and, te- and playing with fire. And then, you know, now we're now, – now I'm feeling the ramifications the rest of the week. But yeah, it was nice to, to, to have my own agenda, fly solo, remember what that was like. But I am grateful for, for the, the squad I got rolling moving forward now. So, uh, yeah. It was nice to turn back the clock, but you know, I'm glad. I don't know if I could do that. Like as a forty, as almost forty, you know, like there's yeah. no way I could do, do sustain that anymore. Yeah, it's nice every once in a while. Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention: we went to a restaurant for the first time since the pandemic okay. this last or this past week. How was uh, that? It's amazing. You know, when you go to a restaurant, they actually like bring your food to you, and right. like if your drinks are empty, they'll fill them back up. Like do that's amazing. Like, do you guys have like capacity like limits right now, or as like, we of, were doing like partial, and like now I think everything's been pulled back finally. As of yesterday, no, we do not. Okay. Uh, the only I think the only restriction is for like indoor sporting events. So uh, gotcha. if it's still in place when the Kraken start their season in the in the fall, then that would probably be one of the only things that, and I guess the uh, I guess the Seahawks are technically indoors, so. Oh no no they're outside they're no, outside they're they, yeah never mind I guess it would just be the Kraken right and see and the Mariners don't get enough fans to really worry about it so yeah twenty percent capacity is a normal day for them so they're good yeah. at least they can say it's a sellout right exactly unlike so, let's talk about the collegiate shenanigans where they, they talk about poor form on the NCA and obviously you know take out the the ledger board but for all the poor form that the NCA did but. I get the protocol thing on NC State. Like for those of you who may have not been following, um, College World Series just wrapped up last night. A lot of people. It was Mississippi State winning their first national title, which was kind of cool. Knocked off the defending uh, defending champions Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, but the Vanderbilt Commodores, some people felt, got an unfair advantage and almost a free pass because their first game they lost uh, to NC State. Second game, they beat NC State, but the caveat was due to COVID protocols, they had like 13 players. And then the third game got canceled because there was just too many contact tracing and protocol issues. So Vanderbilt got moved on. NC State got sent home. Uh, I think what was it? I think read two players from their team yeah. didn't get vaccinated, and that's kind of what caused it. Um, so you know, say what you will about those protocols. That's not what I'm, I'm going to be commenting on. But... Um, but they, um, they they moved them on to the round, so people thought Vanderbilt had an unfair advantage. So I guess you know, this is a ball-don't-lie moment. 
But the thing about the NCAA was they just kicked out one of their premier teams who had a chance to make a run and knock off the title due to COVID protocols. And then the next day, they tweet a picture of a record 28,000 audience of like the most people they've ever had in that stadium. (laughs) So it just seemed like a complete juxtaposition of everything they're supposed to do, like complete hypocrisy. Like, hey, here's protocols. But yes. We're going to tell the team to go home, but hell, we're about to pack more people in the stadium than we ever have in the middle of a pan. Uh, well, we're on the tail end of a pandemic. I don't want to say middle of a pandemic, but the tail end of what we hope is the last swing of, the, swing of this pandemic. It just right. doesn't seem like the right move. Yeah, absolutely. But speaking of the NCAA, July 1st marks the start that uh, players can actually get compensated for their name and likeness. So we have a ton of college athletes that are on Cameo, selling Cameos, striking endorsement deals. Uh, it's quite remarkable, and we actually uh, are attempting to get in on the action there. Uh, we've yes. been we've been reaching out to quite a number of long snappers at Division three uh, universities uh, to see if one of them will be the official long snapper uh, kicker holder or whatever for Palace for Life Radio. Uh, we don't have much to offer, so we're hoping that they'll uh, they'll accept our goodwill and our uh, our potential as payment. But I mean, worst case, we could always look for like, you know, we can afford maybe three uh, division three football players or we can up the ante and maybe look for like division one band members. So if anyone's got a hookup for like Mm, uh, a drum major um, for maybe say like uh, one of our favorite institutions, I I might know somebody and I hope that person may have a contact for us. Yeah, Um, I could I could see us signing a pretty lucrative NIL with yeah. a, a said individual. If you know a college athlete in any sport <laughs> that wants to make some beer money, send them our way. We won't ask much. And we won't Just pay so. much because we won't ask much. <laughs> I loved your phrasing in it. <laughs> we can't we have little funds but a lot of heart. Yeah. I thought he'd appreciate that being a D3 guy. It's like we don't have numbers but we have heart. So we'll we'll see what he says. I think he's waiting for uh, to see if any other offers come in. So if so. you know anybody, we are we are open for business. It could be this could be fun. We could mutually benefit from this this uh, this relationship. Yeah, we can buy a twelve pack, and if the uh, if the if if it ends up doing good numbers, we may be able to upgrade to a twenty four pack. Uh, maybe even the good stuff. So we'll see. But uh, speaking of competition, we are into round three of the greatest boy band song tournament uh, with the other half of our bracket finishing up just a few minutes ago. And who boy, we've got some stuff going on. Do we want to get into that real quick? I think we should. I I was, uh, I was having a, I was having some, some moments and I'm really glad to to know that, you know, I'm I'm a little happy at a better mindset now knowing some of these results, but I look forward to to sharing them with everybody, but it, it could have been a very different show for me if it didn't go this way. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was back and forth for most of the week, but we'll dive into it. So up in London, our uh, second round matchups there. What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction. Another one of those songs that started out the week a little bit behind, but they more than caught up. Uh, taking the win over Because of You by 98 Degrees with 63% of the vote. Boys to Men continues their run in the tournament. On Bended Knee pulls out a squeaker against The Hardest Thing, also by 98 Degrees. Boys to Men takes 55% of the vote there. Uh, moving on to some of the bigger name stuff. It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. 76% of the vote. Easily beating, unfortunately. I Wanna Sex You Up by Color Me Bad. So, Sadly, Color Me Bad's run is done in this tournament. 
Uh, but hopefully we can still get Brian on at some point to chat about life. Uh, Candy Girl, new edition, continues their run. 68% of the vote over Please Don't Go Girl by New Kids on the Block. That was my surprise of the tournament so far. Yeah, that it was that. I was surprised they won, but also surprised they won by that much. Yeah. Um, But the big surprise for me, moving down into Gary, is I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, the first number one seed to go down. And they went down pretty hard, losing to I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Uh, I'll Make Love to You takes 66% of the vote. So first number one seed, gone. Uh, in the matchup of the Backstreet Boys versus Backstreet Boys, Quit Playing Games uh, takes the win after some strong back and forth throughout the week. Quit Playing Games takes 58% of the votes to beat Larger Than Life, heading on to round three. Uh, moving to the bottom of the bracket, I swear by All for One, uh, take 60% of the vote over I Want You Back by NSYNC. So both I Want You Backs lose in the same round. We went from two in the bracket to none. And then the final matchup, uh, to the delight of both of us, Summer Girls versus Mbop. Summer Girls takes it after some very competitive back and forth all week. Summer Girls ends up with 60% of the vote to take out the final number two seed in this tournament. So... It looks good at the beginning of the week. Then it looks pretty bad as of probably midday yesterday. And then uh, I guess people people reached out to their friends and got the numbers in. I, I saw a few posts. Some racketeering. Some racketeering. <laughs> no, it, it was legit. I saw some. In addition to your post, I saw a couple other folks that are like, listen, Summer Girls has to take this. If you like the song, go vote for it. So... Uh, so we did my, have- my opinions were the opinions of Shane, not Pals for Life Radio. Uh, so thank you for letting me still be on the airwaves to those powers that be for not overstepping my bounds and standing for LFO. Yeah, that song so- was instrumental in my my childhood and my youth and my memories. That I, I know that one I felt very strongly that it was not their time to go. And not to mention, Brad Fischetti was nice enough to come and talk to us. So. We're hoping if we can get him through a couple more rounds, maybe we can uh, con him into coming back and talking a little bit more. And hopefully <laughs> I mean, not with they, the crickets out. Hey, I, I don't think they're going to win at all. But, I mean, I, just to lose to a, a band of boys rather than a traditional boy band would have just been a not, – not, would not have sat well with me. <laughs> would have been a travesty. So good stuff all around. So we're going to take another quick commercial break to fulfill our obligations for the hour. We'll be back in two minutes to jump into the first set of matchups in the round of 16. You are listening to Pals for Life Radio, the SM Show. We'll be right back. Today's episode of the SM Show is brought to you by Azoth. Azoth is a Boston based women owned supplement company that makes premium quality supplements for women with the mission to help people reach their highest potential without the harmful side effects of over the counter medications. Their newest supplement, Boss Flow, is a PMS gummy that helps every woman be a boss no matter what day of the month it is. These little gummies are packed full with a delicious blast of strawberry flavor and powerful vitamins and nutrients to help soothe menstrual cramps, stop bloating, and balance out hormonal mood swings and acne symptoms that are often caused by periods. Trust us, we've heard these really work. I mean, obviously not me personally, but uh, a lot of our women listeners... 
BossFlow is exclusively offering our listeners 10% off your next purchase by going to Amazon.com, searching for BossFlow gummies, and using the code BOSSFLOW, that's B-O-S-S-F-L-O-W, to get 10% off your purchase at checkout. You need to have an Amazon or Amazon Prime account to get these delicious gummies. Order BossFlow, supplements for boss women on the go. We are halfway through the bracket. You know what that means. It's time to cancel some things in our favorite segment of the week. It's that time for Shane and Mike to cancel things that they don't like. Cancel Corner. Cancel Corner, where we take aim at the concerns about cancel culture and society by canceling even more things. And today's episode is brought to you by Azoth. Azoth is a Boston-based women-owned supplement company that makes premium quality supplements for women with the mission to help people reach their highest potential without the harmful side effects of over-the-counter medications. Their newest supplement, Boss Flow, is a PMS gummy that helps every woman be a boss no matter what day of the month it is. These little gummies are packed full with a delicious blast of strawberry flavor and powerful vitamins and nutrients to help soothe menstrual cramps, stop bloating, and balance out hormonal mood swings and acne symptoms that are often caused by periods. Trust us, we've heard these really work. I mean, obviously not Shane and I personally, but, uh, you know, we've heard. BossFlow is uh, exclusively offering our listeners 10% off your next purchase by going to Amazon.com, searching for BossFlow Gumpy, excuse me, searching for BossFlow Gummies, that's a mouthful, and using the code word BossFlow, that's B-O-S-S-F-L-O-W, and you get 10% off your purchase at checkout. You need to have an Amazon or Amazon Prime account to get these delicious gummies. Order BossFlow, supplements for boss women on the go. That, uh, <laughs> whenever I hear the word flow, I am a huge fan of the movie Mean Girls. So that's just all I, all I ever think about. The, right. The comment when she's like, why is that vagina and a heavy flow? It's like all I ever think about. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a brutal. That root word is ruined for me, but we yeah. are grateful for their sponsorship. Yes. Thank you. Sign Boss on flow. to Mean Girls. Yes. <laughs> so again, cancel corner. Uh, Shane, who do you got this week? All right, so both of mine are timely, like most of them are, because it's usually what uh, what grinds our gears during the week, right? But uh, the the first one I got is the comment section after your signature in your work appraisal. So I don't know if you had that, but I just got my year-end appraisal. And the last couple ones that I've taken, um, there's that section, like, you know, you fill out your self-appraisal. That's how my, my evaluation works. I don't know who yours does. But you send out your person or your self-appraisal. You send it to your boss. Your boss sends back your feedback. Then you discuss it. Then when they send you that form to accept what you guys discussed, there's that comment section under, like, check, I agree with this. No, I don't agree with this, and I want to put words under it. I don't agree with this, and I want to put words on it. Right. Like, literally, after any one of the one options that are, like, check, I don't agree with this, like, how could any of those other options be good for you, Right. So that, that's what I'm canceling in that regard. Like, there is no reason to put anything else. Rarely you're going to be like, my boss is amazing, and I'm going to you know, put this. Not that my boss isn't amazing, but it's not the place for me to put that, right? right. It's only if, like, I need to save my ass, am I going to check any of the other options? And then it's like, I might as well be looking for another job, because most of the time, unless there's, like, an HR file opened up on your boss, no one's going to care, no one's going to read it, and you're the person who is going to be on the chopping block. So... 
I'm canceling that because it's the most useless box. I mean, if, if you have any good boss or you have any good communication with your boss, you already know what your evaluation is going to be. You've had those open lines of communication. If you don't, you should start them because it's a lot healthier and a lot less stressful if you know where, you're, where you stand going into that. Um, easy for me to say, I guess, when, when I have those relationships, but... I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, anything other than checking that one and saying I agree with this is is writing your death sentence, or you are already looking for a job and you don't care. So that is why I'm canceling it because those three other options are just a waste of space, a waste of me actually having to read this and thinking about it, knowing full well I'm just checking the first and sending it in. You've been canceled. <laughs> yeah, I think I've used that comment section maybe once in an eval. And it was when I was at a place I absolutely hated. And I was like, look, my boss says I'm doing great, even though you all suck. And, uh, you know, it, I didn't I didn't stay there much longer. So. I'd say you're Teflon Don. My, my, by all means, go for it. But, like, there's just no, like, good or no permanence that comes from you answering anything other than just checking and accept, accepting. Exactly. So, yeah, I would never dispute comments unless it was just, like, straight libelous. But And if you have a good boss, you've already disputed them, and, like, most of the time they're going with you before they send you the final copy anyway. So it, right, it makes exactly. no sense. If, the, if those things are a surprise to you, either you've got a bad boss or you're unaware. Or it could be both. Right. Um, I'm fortunate I've got a great boss, and I don't have to worry about that. So Even when I've had bad ones, I've still never been compelled to check that. <laughs> right. No, I get it. Um, so my first cancellation this week, and I, I, I don't know if this was the other one you were going to get to, but, um, maybe we could tag team this fireworks. Go for it. I got others. Yeah. So really (laughs) 4th of July, you know, that's when all the major fireworks happen, the big fireworks shows and all that. So a couple problems here. First of all, if you have a pet, obviously I don't right now, but I've had pets. They freak the hell out. Because you're hearing nothing but boom, 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 for hours at a time. Because, uh, you know, you have the next door neighbors, then you have the people two houses down, then you have the official city or town show. Uh, then you have some more people doing it from a couple houses down. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but on top of that, you have people, uh, you know, thinking about the veterans here. You know, when you hear those loud booms, brings back some PTSD. Seems really cruel to them, considering we're all about freedom and loving the troops. Seems kind of counterproductive to that. Uh, but the biggest reason I'm canceling it this year specifically, and more so specifically for the Northwest, is it was just 114 degrees out here. It hasn't rained, and I don't remember the last time. So as soon as some jack-off fires off a firework, we're going to start another freaking wildfire and we're not going to be able to breathe for three weeks. We went through this before I have two, I have two uh, air purifiers that I just had to replace the filters in because I know this is exactly what's going to happen. So for the love of God, we just melted steel cables in Portland. Let's just take a year off, rethink things, go out to the lake, go out to wherever, have a barbecue, have a party, Play Pals for Life Radio on your on your boombox or stereo or uh, Amazon speaker, whatever that is. But lay off the freaking fireworks just for one year, and let's reassess next year. So fireworks for this year at least, 
You're canceled. You've been canceled. You were a little easy on him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to cancel him for reasons of the fact that it's we got uh, people who decide that they're uh, firework cowboys and want to do it on like Thursdays and Wednesdays to the, you know to then test it out yeah. so that my daughter then hears them. But then I was going to go all in on the fact that you know while. While Fourth of July is my favorite holiday, I think fireworks are overrated. I think that the effort that it takes to go and sit there and, and, and theoretically enjoy the fireworks mm-hmm. and the time and the effort to deal with people, crowds, cars, parking, all that. Right. I'm always leaving disappointed that the show is like, one, never changes in any ever different. Like, ooh, that grand finale was slightly different than the last one, but it was still all the same damn thing. Right. And then, like, I always then I'm like, now I got to deal with assholes and traffic, then getting out for something I didn't want to go to to begin with. So, like, I get it for the nostalgia, but I just think fireworks as a whole is overrated. So yeah. that's my that was my rationale for it, where it's like there's so many other things I'd rather do with my time because it's never any different. And I always leave pissed off. Are you on Nextdoor, the Nextdoor app? I, I'm on it, but. I have to. I had to get away from that because it just—they send you way too many damn emails yeah. and too many updates. And uh, there's a bunch of Facebook groups on, in my town that are way more entertaining than, ne- right. than next door. So I'm on a. I'm on that. I'm uh, familiar with it. I just don't check it. I've stopped logging in, uh, but every now and then I get a, a special alert or whatever on the phone. But basically. <laughs> <laughs> I just received a word from my brother that my dad wants to have a word about the fireworks take. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll revisit that another time. But uh, so like every, you know, every day or two, it seems there's a special message that comes through next door. And it's somebody, somebody's like, was that gunshots I just heard? And it's always fireworks. You hear a couple fireworks after a football game, after a Sounders game. And then it's oh my god, were gunshots just fired? I think I just heard five or six booms. So it's well, not fitting for that's fitting for the sounders, right? You know, yeah, it's the true. Sounders. Yeah, I know it's not that, that that not that type of sound, but you know. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's all it is now is like people people fire off some stupid fireworks, and then somebody's like, oh my god, someone's getting shot. Uh, so I hate Hooners. fireworks. I yeah. love America. Hate fireworks. I loved him as a kid. Nowadays, it's like it's just I don't want to. I don't want to get up the energy and get ready to go out to this fancy show that's going to last all of all of ten, you know, ten minutes. Yeah. So agreed. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else you have? All right. So I'll do you a solid, and I won't call. It, I will not cancel the fast move, fast furious sequels and movies. That was initially what I was going to do. Thank you. But they're like the nickelback of the movie industry. That's a compliment. Uh, I guess in some circles. In others, you're like, eh, change your plot. But anyway, the what I'm going to cancel this time is uh, rewatching comedy movies from our high school days and our college days. So these films that we grew up loving and cherishing and have fond memories of. 
I've been rewatching a bunch of them lately just because, like, I, I mean, not because I don't have a DVD, I don't have a DVD player anymore. Like, it just kind of sits in my basement. But I'm going through Netflix and I've gone through all the series I want to watch. So I'm just trying to figure out what else can pass the time. And then I pick one of these movies and I go in that same trap where I pick an old movie that I like. And then I end up, instead of like falling to sleep to it, like just rewatching the entire damn thing and staying up way later than I ever anticipated. But while they are still hilarious, a lot of their humor just does not stand the test of time. And like things that I knew I was rolling on the round, uh, and it's more an me issue than the movie issue. Um, actually, it's more of a society issue than it is the, the movie issue and a me issue, but it's all both of those. Like things that I, I just feel really cringe when it comes to watching these things and like laughing at things that I know I laughed at. Now looking at them, and, like, and I'm still kind of like chuckling, but I'm like, society wise this doesn't hold up so it's just i'm better off just holding on to the nostalgia and remembering that these movies are amazing and were amazing at the time in that context but in all actuality like just watching it now in 2021 with like my new thoughts and my new feelings and my new understanding of the world and the people in it um Super cringe rewatching all those. So I'm canceling rewatching them, holding on to the nostalgia. But then again, then that's probably worse because then I'm just like, hey, then accepting this and being like, oh, it was good then, so it's cool now, and we shouldn't re we shouldn't have an issue with it now. But very rarely do they hold up. Some do, and it's a it's an absolute treasure. Most don't. So for that reason, I'm canceling them this week. You've been canceled. <laughs> You know, it got me thinking uh, the last couple weeks. You know, we've been doing these, we've been doing this boy band tournament. Obviously, most of these songs came out while we were in high school. Uh, we were talking to Dave, uh, which will uh, air in just a few minutes, uh, about MTV and TRL, which again was big when we were in high school. Do you have like a high school memory that just stands out as? Like, this is, of all the memories I have of high school, this is my absolute favorite. Tough question. You just totally put me on the spot there. Um, filibuster, do you have one? Yes, I do, actually. Okay. Uh, Go so, there. Let me think about it. All right. I got you. So, it was actually for me doing uh, when we did the play Grease in high school, because it was one of the few times where. I felt like everything was everything was going my way, you know. It was like I had a good part in the play. Uh, it was entertaining. I was getting along with folks, that sort of thing. Uh, but there is there's one one story I'll uh, I'll use to filibuster here that I, I was thinking about the other day. So um, last night of the play, we did a uh, I think it was two weekends, so it had been four shows. So this is the last one. Uh, I played Kinnicky, which I think I had to have been like the uh, worst uh, recreation of Kaniki you could probably think of okay. uh, when compared to the movie, for example. But I played the part of Kaniki, and uh, the person that played, I think it was Rizzo, um, was was this girl Jennifer Hill, and she was like the like she was she had the it factor for everything. She she could act, she could sing, she was smart, she was gorgeous, and here I am paired up with her in a bunch of scenes. But there's one scene in particular where Kaniki says something crude to Rizzo, like he did the entire the entire thing, and she's supposed to tackle him, and they're supposed to like get into a little scuffle or whatever. So last night of the show, I uh, lean into her, 
before uh, I think before we went on, and they said, when we do the tackle scene, just tackle me as hard as you can. Okay. She's like, are you are you serious? It's like, yeah, it's fine. I can take it. Just hit me as hard as you can, and it'll be fine. You know, it's 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 closing night. Let's let's make it legit. So she went out there, and she did exactly that, despite my despite her hesitations and my insistence. And I could not walk right for a week. Uh, like just if if uh, if women's football was big back then, like it was now, um, or like if it was widespread, like it is now, like, or like in college, where like women's rugby was like a legit option. Yeah, like she would have been a prospect because I, I obviously have never been. Yeah, I have ne- I've never been hit by a linebacker, but I assume that's what it would have felt like. Because I just picture like Goldberg, right? Like Goldberg just spearing you. It was pretty much like that. It, <laughs> it it hurt like hell. And the worst part about it was eventually I went to the doctor to get it checked out just to make sure it wasn't something significant and everything was fine, but. I uh, happened to see the doctor that I always ended up with when I had these freak injuries, Dr. Franklin. Right. So baseball to the eye, Dr. Franklin, golf club to the face, Dr. Franklin. So here we are, you know, I'm 17 years old at this point, And here I am in Dr. Franklin's office again. And he's like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, well, I told somebody to tackle me and she did exactly that. So, uh, but fun times were had by all. That's probably that's probably my favorite favorite memory there. So my problem is, is it's not trying to be a cop out answer. It's just like high school was okay for me. Like it was mediocre. Like I was mediocre. Like the whole thing was mediocre. Like that's where it's it's tough for me. Like I have like fond memories of high school. And I'm trying to like reminisce and I gotta get I gotta get better at this, right? If we if we possibly steer into an idea that we're thinking about and going down this, this rabbit hole of like reminiscing, like I got to get better of thinking about how I felt things that are there and things that we're doing. And uh, so listeners that are listening to us, if you think this is a cool idea, a little bit of a ploy, let us know what you think. Like we're thinking about steering in after this boy band tournament, possibly thinking about how do we keep reminiscing on things that, you know, shaped us, made us. And, and as we grew up, we're, we're awesome. Um, but, at the same token, like, I just, I have a lot of, like, all my great memories were more about, like, just the time that I spent with my friends mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, one seminal, like, like one me- moment that stood out more than anything. And it's it's, it's just tough because, like, I have a lot of, like, just dumb, dumb things that we did and shenanigans that we had, but it's nothing stands out as, like, this, this memory. And I, I'm kind of sad about that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to use it as a cop-out, but it's, like, I don't have this one epic moment that i remember that we did yeah that was there because all this culmination of just kind of stuff outside the classroom like i have a favorite project that i did like we did a now look talking about going back with the cancel culture and looking back on the stereotypes we did our our modern take on romeo and juliet for uh for a class project uh-huh. and the modern uh the modern and and i will let you know that I, I used to have the vhs tape of this but like the modern our modern take of this had like the fabulous soundtrack and a bunch of other songs and prodigy woven into it like it was an epic thing where like <laughs> i it, i and so maybe this is my favorite moment now i'm coming to it as i'm filibustering there you go. There you even go. further right so, 
probably doesn't hold up the test of time. I, I know we didn't say anything culturally inappropriate, but at the same time, we may have appropriated certain cultures while we were doing it. But we uh, did a a modern take on uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet, where we did the fight scene, and how we did it was wearing gangster type clothing. <laughs> All <laughs> Not right, anything. Yeah, nothing like you just wearing like jerseys like crisscross style, right? That's kind of how we did it. And so we had an awesome soundtrack to it. We had um, guns, guns ablazing. We had, uh, so we did a whole component where we acted in class, then ran out of class. And then all of a sudden we shut the lights off and we had this video that I edited in my TV science class Mm -hmm. where it had all kinds of like, uh, cutaways, and it was a chase scene, and we had uh, Blondie one way or another in there when we were driving down the road with cars and angles, and uh, the square-off scene had the, the what's the song from um, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, the doo-doo-doo, wow-wow-wow. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And all that, then the fight scene had... Um, uh, had a prodigy breathe in it and a bunch of other things. It was chaos. It was just ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, when we chased back into down the road, into this, the way we timed it was we we did the the video cutaways so that it pulled into the high school parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then once that ended, we had us run back down the hall and we pulled in the same door that it was going to go in there. And then we ran back into the classroom and then we all of a sudden then started this last act of the scene in there. So it was like an awesome like die in. Yeah. But that was that was kind of like what we did. So, yes, very spicy in the sense of like it was the the gangster theme. But right. Um, my our intentions were as pure as they could have been in there. There was not stuff that was totally cultural appropriated but it's up at the same time like if it was up on youtube right now um probably open for everything right like where it had no intentions to do that and we didn't do anything bad someone would take offense to it so gotcha um, yeah well i'll let you off with that so um that was good and again cancel culture or cancel corner excuse me brought to you by azoth and boss flow gummies Amazon.com, promo code B-O-S-S-F-L-O-W. So with that, we're live streaming for a reason. We're going to air part one of our interview with Dave Holmes of MTV. Uh, Part one of the interview focuses on his early days getting into MTV and reminiscing on some of the early days of TRL Total Request Live. So we're going to play that, play a commercial, and then we'll be back. So stay with us. We are here with... The one and the only Dave Holmes, the uh, current editor-at-large. Editor-at-large. I should not be left in charge. (laughs) (laughs) The current editor-at-large at at Esquire, former MTV VJ. In addition, the host of the Homophilia podcast, as well as the quiz show Troubled Waters. So somebody who is continuing to do everything and anything to entertain the people. So thank you for joining us. That's exactly right. Thank you. I'll do anything. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Just good. it's, it's like I said, uh, before we started recording, it's, you know, we, we grew up, uh, we were in high school when, uh, when TRL was getting off the ground and uh-huh. when the want to be a VJ contest, uh, the first version of it happened. So it's, uh-huh. it's kind of cool to think, you know, here we are 20 some years later and we're talking to the people that we, that we were watching on TV as high schoolers. So it's really, really cool. fun that you can just like reach out to folks now. 
you know? I, I know it's, it's wild. You, know, you just contact a person and say, Hey, we're doing this thing. Is it cool if we, if we talk to this person and they're like, sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. Why not? That's the more shocking part is that people will actually reply to us. Like we, you know, we yeah. can fire these off to our blue in the face, but when people take up, take us up on this, we're very appreciative and, and appreciate the time. It's been so cool. Oh, well, good. Well, good. I'm happy to, happy to do it. Yeah. Something good should come from social media. Don't you think <laughs> I'm working on an investigative podcast that's coming out uh, this autumn that, mm-hmm. that's about music and pop culture. And it's a whole long right. story, but a lot of the people who I've wanted to talk to, um, like early nineties pop culture figures who I always knew about and was fascinated by. Um, I found that you can just like DM them and be like, Hey, I know who you are. And I would just want to talk to you. And yeah, you're absolutely right. People are just like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's talk. And it's, it's really fun. Yeah. It's, we, you know, social media is going to be the death of us, but before we get there, we might as well use it for some kind of good. Yeah, get some benefit out of it before it runs us yeah. into the ground. That's absolutely right. So, so Dave, you kind of had a front row seat for uh, for a lot of the the boy band era, which we'll we'll get to in a minute. But uh, let's okay. talk a bit about before coming to MTV. Before MTV, you had been you'd done some work, uh, kind of exploring acting and comedy and that sort of thing. Yeah. Can you talk about some of that experience and how that transitioned into pursuing a career yeah. in TV? Sure. I moved to New York out of uh, out of college, and I and I worked in advertising in New York, and and I and it was you know it was a good job and and all that, but it, it was not creatively super satisfying because I wasn't on the on the creative side of it. I thought I I always envisioned that I would make the jump, but I was in like the sort of uh, the media planning side, which is a lot of uh, a lot of spreadsheets and numbers and very boring stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so I was doing that and, you know, I'd, I had always done theater my whole life. I was in like a comedy group in college and, and I just, I hit a point after I'd been in New York for three, four years where I was like, what am I doing? What, you know, I'm living in New York where it is so expensive and so hard to live. And, and I'm not like, I don't have anyone to support. I'm not, there's no reason why I shouldn't be pursuing what I am, what I have dreamed of doing in some way, you know? So at night I started like, got back into like improv and, you know, and I would kind of sneak out and take myself to like whatever open call audition I could get to. Cause I didn't have an agent. Excuse my dog. Who's suddenly allergic to something um, scratching himself. Anyway. Um, so I, I, I took, uh, I took time off. Like I quit my advertising job. I started temping, um, which actually ended up, uh, being more lucrative, which is really sad. Um, and, uh, and I, and I just like did shows and went to auditions and and stuff. And, and it was, you know, I had to really, um, it was, it was a tough sell to my parents for sure. Um, no parent ever wants to hear that their son is going to live in New York city and just kind of go from job to job and try to make it somehow in some ill-defined thing. Um, but I, uh, but I just kind of, I felt like that was the right direction for me. And I thought, you know, I can always go back to advertising. I can always go back home to St. Louis. I can, you know, there are ways that I can do it, but while I'm here, I should try to do something that excites me. So um, I, I think I had gone back to advertising. I can't remember whether I had like a full-time advertising job or whether I was temping in an ad agency or what, but, um, but I, 
saw um, a, a story on billboard.com where I went to go and check my pop charts every week, every Thursday morning, Friday morning, Tuesday morning. And, uh, and there was a thing about how MTV was going to have an open call for VJs. And I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. And so I went and I, I got up before the crack of dawn. I got up at like four in the morning and I, I went down to Times Square and I stood in line. I was 168th in line. I still have my badge somewhere. Awesome. And um, because I figured if I'm going to, if they're going to notice me, I better go early because I don't have like, I'm not like going to bowl you over with personality. I'm not, I'm not like a big character. Like I have a kind of, if I have an appeal, it's an everyman appeal and you got to get that guy in early um, before everyone's eyes go dead. And, uh, (laughs) And so, so I did. And, uh, and they, this was a Monday morning. They were like, we'll, uh, we'll reach a top 10 by midnight on Tuesday. If you make the top 10, we'll call you. And then you come back in the next morning and we'll put you on the live show and whatever. And, and I, which I was like, I had no idea that any of this was going to be televised. So I was like, Oh, they didn't okay. tell you at all. I don't think that they did. I mean, I, I knew they were going to get, a lot of like publicity out of it, but I don't think I understood the degree to which it was going to be like on TV. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was just like fooling myself. So I didn't have a panic attack or whatever, but, um, but yeah, so, um, so I, the next day, um, I, I will never forget this. I had my first laptop. I had like a ThinkPad, and, uh, and my roommates were both away on business and, uh, and I went out and I got a pizza and a bottle of wine and a stack of movies. And I was like, what if they call, what if they call? And then it got to be around 1130 and they didn't call. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to happen. And, uh, and I opened my little think pad and I wrote my journal entry for the day. And I was like, <laughs> no, this thing didn't work out, but it was still, it was like, I got to see the inside of this place that I've always, you know, this network that I've always watched. And like, there's a place for me somewhere. Like I got to find a way in there. And I swear, and like in the middle of a sentence, 1157, the phone rings, it's them. They're like, you're in the top 10. I wake up my entire city block. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then I, and then I went back in the next day. Um, and, and it was just like, so um, it, it, most of it was, was like happened on what was then called MTV live, which was mm-hmm, like right. a daily live show. And, uh, and they put us through our little paces and we had to like, um, we all had to interview Chris Kattan and he was like a difficult, a different kind of difficult interview for each of us. I am giving you a lot of detail here and I apologize. That, no, that's uh, perfect. Awesome. No, this is great. Okay. But it was, so it was all these like little things and we had to like say what's our favorite song and why and all that kind of thing. And this relates to boy bands. Um, that, for, that Wednesday MTV Live the musical guest was in sync. It was their first MTV uh, appearance. Oh, wow. And yeah, that is on YouTube, by the way. Um, They sang, I want you back. They're in shocking 1998 clothing. Like the, (laughs) the size of the pants will just blow your mind. Um, And yeah. And so, and, and their audience was us, the 10 of us on like little stools um, you know, bopping along to, I want you back. And, uh, and then they narrowed it down to a top five, um, which I made. And, and then it was live stuff on, on that Thursday and Friday as well. And, uh, and then a four hour live event on Saturday, 
during which viewers could call and vote and, uh, and all of that. And then um, I did not win, but they, I was, because I had had some time to try to have like an adult life in New York and because I was 26 or 27 or whatever I was, and, and because I knew how badly I wanted this thing and, and what a good opportunity it was, I, I remember just being like, have some emotions about losing at home later, but for right now, paste a smile on your face, go to the wrap party, get everybody's business cards, just call and call and call until you get some kind of either a job or a restraining order and <laughs> just push, push, push. And, uh, and so I did, and it worked out and, and, you know, like I said, starting out at MTV, when I did, I, um, my career started exactly the same time as the beginning of the boy bands. Like when I got there, the videos were, you know, semi-sonic and fastball and ghetto superstar and all that stuff. And then, you know, within three months, it was Backstreet Boys in sync, mm -hmm. you know, Brittany and Christina a little bit after that, um, that whole thing. And, and like the, the teen pop explosion happened, like as I was getting there, wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. So there was no, you're going to get a job even regardless of the outcome. It was really just no. like, do what I can and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, nobody, you know, no, like yeah. that night it was never like, Oh, don't worry. We got you or anything. Yeah. Like that. It was, um, you know, I, I lucked out in, in that, um, most of the people that I had met that week, all the producers and the, and the, you know, behind the scenes folks were very, were like me that we were roughly the same age. They got into it because they were music and TV nerds. And so we had all that to like bond over. And I think some of them and some of the executives like saw themselves in me and were, were like predisposed to want to help me out you know, or bring me in, in, in some way. And, uh, so yeah, no, there, there was no guarantee. And like, it, you know, if it, everyone was very nice, but for sure, if I hadn't pressed the issue, they would have forgotten me in a week, but I, I was luckily I had the, the wisdom of age. If 27 is an age to, uh, to like keep pushing, you know? So you were just, um, you were calling and emailing and you have something for me? No, not even like I actually what I did was I wrote up a whole bunch of like show pitches. Oh, like that's awesome. Real fast. Terrible ideas. Terrible ideas. But ideas like enough to where it was just like like I would show up with like a binder and they're like, oh, God, this kid's got ideas. Let's <laughs> let's just shut him up. Um, I, remember I, had a, I had a meeting with Chris Connolly, who could not have been uh, more helpful. Like he was, he was really cool. I don't know if they were like maybe thinking of me for MTV news or something. I don't know, but I, I had a meeting with him and I pitched him a bunch of ideas and he was like, I don't know about any of these, but you know, your enthusiasm has gotten you in the door and you know, like it, you should just try to, you know, be around as much as you can. I, I got a job writing, I think weekend specials at first mm -hmm. and that, uh, that brought me in. And then because I was around, uh, just cause I was like around the building and because it was just before summer where they launched a lot of new shows, they, um, 
they were like, you know, oh, we're, we're putting together like a test tape for this idea that we're going to try to make a summer show. You're here. Do you have a spare hour to like, ho- like pretend host this thing? Mm-hmm. And so then, so I did that. One of those got picked up. They attached me to it. And that was that. And it was, yeah. I mean, like, it was like Christmas morning times a million, you know, like just I'd to, imagine to, like, yeah, to, uh, to get that first contract was just like, holy cow. Yeah. I respect the hustle. That's amazing. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, it's like, I, I saw very clearly at the time what a golden opportunity it was. And, and I was like, it, it, to be as pushy as I was is not in my nature at all. But like, I, I, in that moment, I was like, if I don't give this everything I have for like two weeks, I will, I'll, I'll be thinking about it for the rest of my life. Like if I, if I don't, if I leave one thing untried, I will, I will be a bitter 30 year old, you know, and nobody needs that. So, uh, so I just, yeah, I just, it was like, act like somebody who's really aggressive and just yeah. go and do it. Cool. That's yeah. Amazing. Worked. Yeah. So there's so you- the lesson. <laughs> Act aggressive. I mean, not too aggressive, but you know what I mean. Act yeah, yeah. So you get into MTV and you finally yeah. you break in and yeah. you're there. And this is just like when TRL has really just started to pop off. Yeah. Um, can you talk what it was about? Like what it was like to what it was like to just watch that show and MTV just kind of grow into a cultural phenomenon at that time? Like you were there at like the precipice of of greatness, right? I mean, it was, it was, I was, it was something. I mean, it was, it was the start of something, um, you know, I, to be in within the MTV world at all was like, I, I mean, beyond a dream come true. I grew up with it. Like it, it, MTV started when I was 10 and, and it was, you know, and I think we got it when I was like 12, 13. And it was just the thing that I was glued to all day long. It was this like, clubhouse that you just don't think you can ever get into. And, um, I just, you know, even, even if I didn't like what they were playing, I would turn it on and leave it on all day long. Um, it it just was, I don't know. It was like my little clubhouse for a while. And, and so just to be there at all was like wild. And I don't, I can't say I have a whole lot of like super vivid memories from my first few months because it was like having a head injury. It, I, I was so, everything was so bizarre and I was so happy and like it, 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 everything was so surreal that like, I don't think my brain was able to form memories, you know, so yeah. stuff from those first few months I've seen on YouTube and it's like, okay, sure. I guess that's me, but I don't remember <laughs> it at all. Um, it, it's, it was just too crazy, but yeah, that summer, so that summer, um, MTV Live, I, um, I think, kind of finished for the summer. They started this show called Total Request, um, which I guess was a play on Total Recall. And that was like the daily countdown. And then when everybody came back to the studios in, in the fall, um, they merged MTV Live with Total Request and made it Total Request Live. And I remember being there for that. And like, I love the energy of live TV. I love like all the buzz. And, and it's like, it's not even about like, whether there's somebody famous in there, it's just like, you're making something and you're doing live TV and, and it's, and you know, everyone's got their jobs and everyone's buzzing all around. And, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a thrill. But then as 
these boy bands and and like pop acts started to get bigger and bigger and the crowds in Times Square started to get bigger and bigger. It was like, oh, something completely new is happening right now. Like something that is, you know, that will change people's lives is happening right now. Like some of the best pop music ever is being made right now. Um, and, and like the the kids who are 13 during this moment are going to remember it forever. And, and it was just like, it really began to feel like, oh, we're doing something like maybe not like culturally significant or whatever, but like doing something huge that the way I remember, you know, being 13 in 1984 for Purple Rain and all that, like, people will remember this moment in music and, and this moment at, at MTV for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And that's like, that's really cool. <laughs> that's really fun. Did you notice once we're at a point where, where there's hundreds and thousands of people outside the studio on a daily basis, did, was there a noticeable difference on days when maybe somebody from the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC oh. or the full group yeah. is showing up maybe to perform Oh, yeah. unveil a new video, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could tell. I feel like all New York city schools were empty on those days, <laughs> like seventh to to 10th grade classes were poorly attended on those afternoons. Um, yeah. You would really know like when, yeah. When a backstreet boys would come in, when, um, when a new video would, would debut um, you know, there are always people on the sidewalk. But like, uh, you know, a decent sized pop act comes in, then it's like they spill into a, a lane of traffic on Broadway. And mm. then if Backstreet Boys are in sync or Britney Spears, and it's like traffic is just fully rerouted around the the MTV building, like, because it's just kids from one end of the street to the other. Yeah. Um, on days when it got really crowded and the kids got real excited, uh, there were the, there were curtains or, or like there was like a blinds that would go down and the police would make us put it down um, because the kids just like, they would run into the middle of Broadway if we didn't do, if we didn't just like cut it right. off, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, there, there were days when it was just like, I, I, what we are doing in this place is I, my brain can't like take it all in. When they were unveiling the top 10 every day on TRL, Mm -hmm. Um, did you all know in advance, like what the top 10 was going to be? You, you hosted it from time to time. Yeah. Um, and was there ever, was there ever a time where it's like, what the heck is up with today's top 10? I'm thinking of like Tom green taking the top spot on a day yeah. or yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. That was legit. Like he, that's how popular he was then. Like yeah. he was number one and he was like, he had the wisdom to say like, I don't, it's not right that I'm the number one on this countdown. And if it keeps going, people will start hating me immediately. Mm -hmm. So he retired it um, after a week or something like that. But yeah, um, we would know, yeah, we would know the top 10 a couple hours in advance, you know, cause the, the writers would have to write scripts to them right. and, and all that. So, yeah, so we had, we had the countdown early, um, but yeah, so it was never, there were never too many surprises. There was that day when there was some sort of like internet campaign to make uh, New Kids on the Block hang in time. Yes, I remember you know, that. Yeah. I remember I remember seeing that in school and then I got home that day and it was like, holy crap, they're number two. Yeah, I hosted that day. See, I don't, I like, <laughs> this came up in conversation recently with somebody else and they were like 
no, you hosted that day. And then they showed me the video. And again, it was one of those where I was like, okay, yeah, that's definitely my face and voice and body, but I don't, I don't remember anything about it. But now I've got evidence that it happened. And here we are at the end of our journey. That was the Dave Holmes interview. Apologies to those who heard it cut off kind of randomly. I pulled an audio uh, clip for the uh, for promotion purposes and forgot to tack it on at the end. So we'll fix that for the pod. Uh, Shane, are you there hey. with me? All good. I am here. I am here. Uh, I hear the audio clear. We are golden. We are we are barreling through this, and we're almost on time, which is amazing. This is the, this is a feat we have not accomplished in a long time. Yeah, we're finally catching up now that we're uh, now that there's fewer <laughs> matchups to go over. So voting is open right now. Veryboybandsummer.com. Make sure to check it out. Make sure to vote on the left half of the bracket in the round of 16. So four matchups. We'll do the next four next week, and then go into our final eight. Uh, so we're at the end of our journey at 7 o'clock, which means it's time for one thing and one thing only. It's time for the Douchebag of the Week. The Douchebag of the Week, where we take aim at the douchiest of the douche. And looking at Shane's nomination, I feel pretty good about it. So Shane, take it away. This week I have the Tour de France Spectator. I don't know her name. I've been trying to figure it out. But for those of you who don't follow the Tour de France or have not seen it, you should Google Tour de France Spectator, Tour de France Crash. A couple days ago when the Tour de France kicked off, literally on the first leg of the race, there was a woman just off the start who decided to step kind of onto the road and onto the uh, the path that the, the bikers were traveling. She held a sign. So there's twofold to this whole argument. One, she was kind of in, in uh, interjecting herself in the field of play, if you will, but also the sign comments itself. So the first part of this is that she stepped on and caused a massive crash. So the first, like... 20 to 30 bikes got by and then everyone else got either tattooed in this crash or stuck in the pile up behind it giving them a terrible terrible start i think of a video if you watch the video again i think some dude got his head almost run over it was crazy oh god um epic epic pile up like that's the one thing is like i'm not a fan i know mike you're not a fan of cyclists i'm not a fan (laughs) of cycling as a competitive sport but at the same token, like when you watch these Tour de France or these big bike race crashes, they are epic. And it was just bodies, bodies everywhere. And literally, yeah. a dude's head got run over by a tire. I think he's okay. I hope he's okay. But it was still epic. The vertical anyway, angle so was per- just unreal, where it's oh, just it- see this mountain of people just falling over. It's like 20 or 30, get off on this sprint, and then it's just the entire line goes down. So it's it's epic. It's epic. Yeah. But the second part of this is that the woman's sign says, and I'm going to probably butcher the this pronounce of this, but it's Elise Opiomi, which is a combination of both French and German, which then if you translate it, then says, go grandma and go grandpa. So I don't get any of that. Like, what does go grandma and go grandpa have to do with anything? And then why are you merging languages unless, like, grandma and grandpa are 
one's French, one's German, but wouldn't you say, like, hi, Grandma, Grandpa, not go, Grandma, None of it makes sense grammatically, so it's a whole cluster. Yeah. The whole crash was a cluster. They finally arrested her because she fled right at the scene. They couldn't find her, but I couldn't imagine that it would have been that hard at the time to, like, find somebody who just caused a massive crash when there wasn't a ton of spectators, but whatever. So maybe it's staged, maybe it's not. Who knows? Let the the, uh, conspiracy theories fly. But that is my douchebag of the week because it's a whole lot to unpack, a whole lot of mess that this person created, and it's ridiculous on all accounts. Yeah, it's absurd. I don't like watching competitive cycling i end up having to watch a lot of it when i visit my dad during the summer because he loves it uh but tour de france fans specifically are just the absolute worst because you have these folks that are going by you know 30 40 at some point miles an hour and you have these idiots that jump in the road so they can get on camera they're like "Yeah, yeah yeah you know waving and all that uh, and it's just, I'm surprised this hasn't happened more often, but clearly this person just wanted attention and they got it and a lot more. So, uh, hope you don't show your face anywhere anytime soon because you will be the hated, the uh, most hated person in France and probably a few other countries for a while. So should I put you up for this week? Cause you just said that like all of a sudden you just dumped on competitive cycling, which your dad loves. And then you can, then you dumped on fireworks, which your dad loves. So I feel like you are, uh, up in your ante for, for qualifications this week. Nope. I'm I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> smooth things over with dad later. He doesn't listen anyway. So, uh, Kenny will it sounds like Kenny's going to tell him. Oh yeah. He'll, he'll give him the reader's <laughs> digest version. So, uh, but we'll, we'll call it at that. So, uh, fun show this week. Uh, part two of the interview with Dave will uh, air next week, along with the second half of our round of 16. Remember to go to veryboybandsummer.com right now to vote on this week's matchups. If you can't, if you don't vote, you can't complain about the results. Uh, so with that, he is Shane and I am Mike. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Happy camp.